BeastNet podcast, sponsored in part by James Safety Services, OCR Buddy, and supported by the fitness community. Here we discuss all things fitness-related, running, rucking, mental health and preparedness, and of course, obstacle course racing. Welcome to the BeastNet. We don't bite hard. Okay, well, um, I am a Central Florida resident who is an adaptive athlete. Um, I live with my children and my boyfriend, and um, I've only been doing OCRs since October, well, training for OCRs in Oct- starting in October 22, but my first one was at Central Florida with the inaugural um, VA wave at Central Florida. Um, I'm also a road runner. Um, I've done now 50 half marathons. That's amazing. 21 of them adaptive. Nice. So when you do them adaptive, how do you how do you do the marathon? Is it still running or walking or? Um, for the half marathons that I've done adaptive, the first three were me being pushed in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And then the other 18 have been me running on my A-Linker. Nice. I mean, and, and that's what's amazing is, I mean, and that's one of the things I love about dealing with working with more heart than scars is that there is that camaraderie and it, it's, it's do it any way you can mm-hmm. just because you're, you're not as, you know, and I always hate that word, but able-bodied or whatever, however you want to say it doesn't mean you can't do whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. you know, and you are definitely an example of just Go out and do it anyway. I try. <laughs> it's awesome. So what, what got you into OCRs? Well, I'm part of the um, Orlando VA's Adaptive Sports Program. Mm-hmm. And in October of um, 22, um, Joe DeSena and um, Dan McDonald and the VA teams came up together to what I believe was supposed to originally been a one-time thing to get some of the veterans out to do something that we've never done before. And we had a very large showing for that first race. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's how I got started. Um, That very first race, they paired me with um, Oscar Mike and borrowed more hearts and scars chair. And, um, by the end of the race, I was with Tim um, from More Hearts and Joey and the rest of the team that I was with from OM and proceeded to do future races with both teams. Which is awesome. Mm-hmm. So how many OCRs have you done? I have now done seven. Yeah, seven's correct. Um, I did just the one sprint in 2022. And then um, February of 2023, we did the VA wave again at Jacksonville. So I did the sprint there. Um, Joey and a few of the team came down to help me um, accomplish the uh, stadium in Tampa. I was able to travel to Asheville to complete my first super with um, OM. Oscar, Team Oscar Mike, and then mm-hmm. I flew to Dallas 
to join Joey and the team, More Hearts team, um, to do my beast to finish my first trifecta. And then I did double sprints at Central Florida in December. Wow. And see, and, and that's awesome. And, and it's funny when we were talking before we started recording, I've like, we've crossed paths multiple mm -hmm. times, but haven't actually officially met because I was in Dallas doing the, the, the ultra. So I missed you. And then in central Florida, I did the, the first day I did the beast with Erica. And I think we kind of crossed paths, like we said in the, in the tent area, but I was going in a million different directions and I don't think I actually stopped and talked to you. So, so one of these races, we'll have to have a conversation and meet. So I know you ran, you know, with, you know, everyone knows, knows brother Boggs. Um, I've mentioned him quite a bit. Brother Boggs is basically my brother. Um, is you ran with him and Jules mm -hmm. on, in central Florida. Yes, they were core people of my uh, team in central Florida going through the swamp on the sprint on that Saturday. Yeah, it was a little swampy. Apparently there was an alligator. I never saw it, but others said there was an actual alligator out there. We had a swamp puppy in the, the major swamp area for the sprint. Yeah, Don sent me a picture of that. That, that was pretty cool. But I didn't see any of that, but I was, I was kind of, you know, yeah, we had Erica and taking her through there in the wheelchair was a little, a little rough. Mm -hmm. That, that mud and mud got a little deep. Yeah, that part I was walking supported with Boggs and um, Henry. And um, I think they were carrying my grit chair, uh, mostly above water yeah. <laughs> behind me. Henry's a beast. He could have just carried you in the chair all the way through. I mean, that's just, yeah. <laughs> Henry's a crucial for my uh, my beast in Dallas. <laughs> yeah, Henry's amazing. We did the the world's toughest. Henry was part of the crew, and that's where I really got to know Henry. And he's yeah, he 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 was amazing. So he is. So what what plans do you have for the rest of the year? For this year now it's a brand new year um and you just like you said did your 50th half marathon which is amazing i haven't even done 50 of those i've done i don't know i'd have to count them up but i've done a few but um, haven't done 50 yet i'm not i don't fully have this year completely planned out um i mean i did the 50 half marathons over a 10-year period mm -hmm. so i started my first half marathon when i turned 40 and so I made, after a couple half marathons in, I made that goal to do 50 by 50. And so January was my 50th birthday. So I completed the 50th half marathon in the birthday month. Um, it was supposed to have been at Disney, but Disney had weather on January 6th and uh, cut the race to seven miles. So I had to find a backup race, which is why I just completed it this Sunday at a different race at the celebration half marathon. Um, but for this year, um, I do plan on doing the super and sprint at Jacksonville with, um, with more hearts and scars in the VA um, program. Um, they're doing the wave on Sunday, but I will be there both days with more hearts leading my chair. Mm -hmm. um, I'm planning to do the stadium in Tampa in May again this year. I'm not sure 
how the crew's working on that yet. There's been some discussion, but I'm not fully sure where the planning on that is. And then for certain, I want to do the beast and if there is one VA wave in Central Florida again um, so to get the trifecta this year. So that's nice. my bare minimum for OCRs. Um, with two running races under my belt this year um, for the running part, um, every February I do a challenge called the Taji 100. And so that's basically completing 100 miles during the month of February, if I do it all running or hiking, walking kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but you can also combine other exercises in there like swimming, um, e-rower, cycling to equal the percentage of the 100%. Um, and that is for uh, Team Red, White, and Blue. And then for other road races, I'm on the third year of the challenge for Space Coast. So that'll be a half marathon December 1st. And then possibly looking at one out of state road race that I currently have race director permission for, but I've got to find a, a running guide for that one. Nice. Where is that one at? That would bring me up to Atlanta. Okay. It would be the area 13.1 race if I do do that one. Nice. So you had a goal similar to what mine was, is I wanted to do my first marathon before my 40th birthday. Because I did my first half marathon around my 30th. So I told myself before I turned 40, I would do a full marathon. And I did my first full marathon the weekend before my birthday. Like Only just, crazy. just, just <laughs> squeezed it in there. Well, and this one made, made it even crazier. Uh, brother, Bo brother Boggs did it with me. Um, but he, because of back spasms, he had to back out at like mile 22, I think. Mm. Cause his back was just spasming bad, but I was 310 pounds. When I went to go do that, it took me nine and a half hours. I was wrecked by the end of it. So but I told myself I was going to do it and I did it anyway. So well, it's a good goal to complete. My next one's to do a half Ironman. So. All the power to you. Yeah. I'm a member of a team called um, base performance club or mm -hmm. base performance. And I'm on their um, adaptive team and they do a lot of Ironman and they also provide like um, salts and things like that for some of the triathlons and races. Nice. Well, if they're in Galveston in April, they'll probably see me and I'll probably need salts and all that stuff. So. Well, I will talk to him tomorrow when I volunteer at the warehouse to uh, help get team member kits out. <laughs> yeah, because I'm doing the, the Galveston, the Galveston uh, half iron um, in April. It's like the second weekend in April, I think so that'll be interesting right on so i know with being an adaptive athlete what extra steps do you have to go through in your training um i think that's one thing that that's always bugged me when it comes to training there's so many people that say oh here this training plan works for everybody no it works for limited people you know there's gonna be people it doesn't work for and i know with an adaptive athlete you have to look at things in a whole other way because you have other issues 
to, to, to think about while you're doing that training. So how does your training look? Um, well, when I'm feeling good, my training can somewhat mirror more of an able-bodied individual. Um, as far as the OCR training, um, Spartan partners with the VA and a certain, um, club that, that we do training on every Wednesday, mm -hmm. every Wednesday from 11 to 12 Eastern, we go show up for that club and that trainer has us do whatever he's got planned for us for that day. Um, and then we scale it based on, and it's all adaptive program for the VA participants. So we scale it based on each individual, you know, like right now we're in the last couple of weeks before the race in um, Jacksonville. So he's getting us more race-like, you know, doing exercise, running, exercise, running kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, we, today we did seven stations um, because I'm still not recovered from Sunday. Um, I scaled back and didn't do as hard or as much of the repetitions as he had us as a, as the goal for everybody. Um, yeah. We do have some other people that are in wheelchairs that are um, using walkers and some people that, you know, you look at them and you don't see their, their scars, you know, the invisibilities, even though they're in the adaptive sports program. And I think that's the hardest part sometimes. And I've talked to a few people about that, you know, that have been on the show is we see these people that have obvious injuries, obvious issues, you know, um, but we don't see as people that don't have, mm -hmm. you know, um, like for you, if I, if I was to see you without, you know, knowing anything, I mean, I'm not going to immediately know that you're an adaptive athlete. And I think people judge way too quickly when they're looking at someone, they're like, oh, why aren't they doing what everyone else is doing? And it's like, well, because they can't, but they shouldn't have to explain that. Like I said, I do the OCRs on a grit chair and I do the road races on my A-Lanker. And my A-Lanker is a three-wheeled um, mobility device that's got two big wheels in the front and a little wheel in the back. Mm -hmm. And I use that for walking, going to doctor's appointments. I use that for everything. And I've had road races where somebody at the race has been like, you don't belong on the course. You don't belong here. You're cheating because I am on the yellow A-linker. And, um, you know, it, that's where it starts to get emotional, especially when I'm running on it. Mm -hmm. I'm not letting the wheels fly out in front of me. I'm not, um, I, I'm completely in control of the device with my feet. Yeah. And it's harder to push 26 and a half pounds when you have a leg that doesn't work half the time. Um, in fact, the half marathon that I was doing on Sunday my sciatica blew on my right leg, which is my bad side. And I did from mile three and a half to finish line, all just with my left leg. Mm -hmm. oh. And so 
and you can if you look at my time and see where I started and how many people passed me, you know, I'm not cheating. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I finished in 231, which in all respects is a decent time. However, on the A-linker, it happens to be my, almost my worst. So my first two on the A-linker were not trained. So they were not great times, but since my training got up to a half marathon on it. I've had it for three and a half years. So in the last three years, when I, my first trained one was a 222. Yeah. And up until this one, that had been my worst. I'd only gotten better, got a sub two, um, a year and two months ago. And then it's going the other way now because of my issues are acting up. Which I mean happens. And I mean, it's one of the things too, is, I mean, it's one thing I think, you know, not every one of your half mar half marathons have been with the A-Linker. Cause like you said, you've had that since about 2020. So that means everyone you did before that was on foot, except, on for, the, foot. except for the three in the wheelchair. Yeah. So, which I mean, it is amazing. I mean, and like I said, that's the part that I think gets me all the time is when people see someone who looks you know, able-bodied and everything else. And they're like, oh, well, what is, you know, what's their excuse? And you're looking at them going, why do they need one? Mm -hmm. They're out here. They're doing this. There doesn't need to be an excuse. You just need to rally behind them because they're out here rather than sitting at home. And I mean, that's the thing is, I mean, I've made the mistake, you know, seven years ago, I shattered my left foot. I immediately went from, I think I was 220 to 310. Because I was like, well, what's broken? Guess I get to sit on the couch and eat potato chips for three years. You know, and because I had that thought in my head that if I go out there and try and do something, even with a boot or with my foot messed up, people are going to judge me. And I think that's the hardest part a lot of times is when you have something that isn't obvious, people immediately judge you. And that was a hard part for me when I first started with the foot mm -hmm. is dealing with the pain, which I still have. It's just now it's just it's part of life. You know, dealing with that pain, but still continuing to move and people are like, well, why can't you move as fast? Why can't you do this? And I'm like, because my foot doesn't bend the correct way. Yeah. Well, a lot of people like they look at my times with the A-linker compared to my times before on foot. My times are better on the A-linker. However, um, and they say, oh, it's because, you know, you've got wheels. The problem is, is technically, even when I was on foot, I was always disabled mm -hmm. um i'd been hiding it from 2011 until 2018 yeah and so and then i became 100 percent va disabled in mid 2019 um so you know i was running from 2013 all that time hiding it and so my yeah. times weren't great and they got worse as I, as the conditions got worse and I had to go into a wheelchair and then I worked myself out of the wheelchair back into something that kept me on my feet. Which is amazing. I mean, it's one of those things and I, and I think that's the hardest part sometimes because of that, the judgment, which there, like I said, there shouldn't be, it's really hard to push yourself back out of that. I mean, it's, nobody knows from just looking at someone what they're going through or where they were last week 
exactly you know you could be out there running like when i was i'm out there running and you know i'm not getting great times but you know four years ago i was 310 pounds and couldn't move my left foot now you know i still can't move it fully but i have much better range in it than i used to just for moving it and running and it's just you know which in mine is minor mine's not even considered a disability it's just you know i broke my foot and now i have that you know one of the things you get older where i can tell you when it's about to the weather's about to change for you it's a full i mean it's a disability yeah and people people should you shouldn't have to explain that to people you people should. should just be proud of, <laughs> they should just be proud that you're out there but another stigma with seeing somebody who's on the a-linker or on a device that a lot of people feel like just because we're out there they have to say we're awesome and we're, you know i mean what we're doing is the same as what they're doing we're just trying to do the same you know something yeah. to keep us moving forward and for people to say that we're inspirational sometimes doesn't hit the same they mean it in a, maybe in a positive way but it doesn't hit that way to somebody who's disabled i could say that i could say that i mean it's you don't want to be seen as different. You're just out there doing what they're doing. You just have to do it in a little bit different way. Adapt yeah. to it, which is what we all do. We yeah. all adapt. It's just at what level? Mm -hmm. You know, for me, you know, like I said, a broken foot isn't that bad, but I mean, it is going to bother me for the rest of my life. Yeah. I had to adapt to a new way of running to deal with it. The same as you have to adapt with, you know, your issues to be able to do what you still want to do rather than doing what you know most people in this country want is oh you're different go hide in a corner so i don't have to see it that's not the way it should be it, it's amazing how many disabled people lose social networks and mm -hmm. lose friends and people even family because they became under that disabled status yeah because people decide that you know they don't want to spend that time on you so because I had to medically retire from work, it's been almost, almost four years and I don't hear from a single one of them, people who I thought were good friends. So people disappear. They don't they do. want to deal with it. They do. And that's sad. I mean, it's one of those things because it doesn't change who you are as a person. It just, it, it gave you an extra obstacle that's why we do obstacle yeah. course races obstacles that, that we've decided to either go up over through we get past them mm -hmm. any way we can and it gave you a new obstacle it didn't change who you are you're still the same person you were before yeah like when i was with the with the 50 by 50 goal that's why i looked and found something that did work like the a-linker because i hated being in the wheelchair didn't want to i have some mobility but not not well um you know muscle likes to say oh, you think you're walking Shh, nope um going downstairs at the stadium was fun my leg was like you're going out in five four three nope we're gonna walk for a couple more steps <laughs> so it, it proved interesting but it was definitely a worthwhile goal and i want to do again this year so i can see how i've improved 
And that's it. I mean, every time we walk out on the course, any course, mm -hmm. the only person we should be racing against is ourselves. And that's what always gets me is the people that get all like, you know, oh, this person, that, this person, that. Are they taking anything away from you by doing it? No. They Are they adding something to themselves, making themselves better and challenging themselves? Yes. Then leave them alone. Let them do their thing. No. Yeah. My, my big hoorah on the Sunday Central Florida Sprint was I did up the slip wall, which was dry, but up the slip wall solo. That's awesome. I had a person on top waiting for me. I had a person gloving up behind me, waiting or getting ready to, to be behind me. And I was like, nope, I feel this and I'm taking it. And I did. Which is awesome. And that's, I mean, it's those little victories, things that, you know, you yourself probably didn't think you can do, but you're like, I'm going to go for it anyway. I'm going to try. You never know until you try. Mm -hmm. There's so many people that are afraid to even just get off the couch and go and attempt to even do one of these races. And I think a lot of that comes down to, I mean, you go to any of the Facebook groups and see how many people are like, oh, I saw this race and this guy only did 29 burpees. Who cares? can't do any <laughs> yeah and that's it and it's just like you get so many people that are so big on that it's like was it a competitive racer no was it an elite racer no did it affect your race no then shut up and move on mm -hmm. let them go out there let them run their race let them do what they can do and that's what i think this should all be about ocr isn't about who wins or loses it's who got off the couch and who did it exactly and you got off the couch and you did it and keep doing it. <laughs> you know, you keep doing it. I'm trying to think. I'm a, hopefully I'll, I'll run any of this year. And like I said, the only races I'm so far that I'm I'm definitely doing is Houston. If we have a racer, if we don't have a racer, I may not do it. Um, Houston because well, I live there, and then um, Fayetteville because we're going to do the ultra to um, with Marla to make up for Dallas redemption race yes yeah yeah i'm not looking like i'm going to be able to do too much traveling it's one or two out of state if maximum and right now i'm looking at one of them being a road race so yeah if i did another one i'd have to i'd have to find a super and a beast on the same weekend if i was going to do just one more trip and see, that's my thing with just moving to Houston in September, starting a new job in September, um, and the races that I'm already doing this year, because uh, I got to go back up to Seattle twice for two mm -hmm. races. It's kind of like I, I'm limited on, because I think even Fayetteville is going to have to be like fly in Friday, fly back Monday. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of limited on what I can do because of all the the other things that I've got going on this year. With my With myself... It's not just me because I cannot travel solo. So I have mm -hmm. to have a person with me. So I have automatically double the responsibility with coming with that. And I have a service dog that's in training and um, he's not ready to interact with the dogs at the races and stuff like that yet. So I have to be able to also afford um, daycare for him. So <laughs> it's a lot more added to it just to, travel for me yeah 
Yeah, and I, and that's that's the I could see that being a hard part for me. I'm luckily I can usually get away with because that's what I did in Florida. I flew in Friday and raced Saturday, and then flew out Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. So, which, but I mean, I hate doing that. I've never liked doing that because I like to explore and see the places. We've always picked where what races we did because usually my, my wife comes with me and we we do the touristy trap stuff over there, but. Yeah. So. Now we we drove in Saturday morning at Central Florida. Drove home Saturday. Drove in Sunday, and then drove home Sunday. Yeah, but you live close. I might do that in Houston. Not that close. No, I might do that in Houston. We're about an hour away from where the 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 race is in Houston. So, because like typical Spartan, they say Houston, but it's really not in Houston. Well, Central Florida isn't in central florida even no. it's in polk i think it's in polk county um you have to go almost an hour up to i4 and then more than an hour over so it's i'm, I'm like two two and a half hours from central yeah. florida one way and see that was the thing that like i always make fun of because when spartan did the used to do the races in vegas mm -hmm. the race was actually in Arizona. So it wasn't even in Nevada. It was in Arizona. And it was closer. We always stayed in um, uh, St. George, Utah. Because okay. Utah was closer than, than Vegas was. Utah was like 25, 30 minutes away. And um, yeah, that was like Vegas, I think was two hours. Asheville was in Mill Spring. Dallas was in Granbury. So yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's pretty typical. All right. Well, you have anything else you want to say to the listeners before we, we get out of here? Shoot for your dreams. Make things happen. We have one life to live. You never know what, you know, what's out there. What's going to be the last day. Make the most of everything. Yeah. And that's kind of it. It's, you know, for me, it's always been one of those. I mean, just one big one for me is do it anyway. Mm -hmm. I've had so many times people are like, oh, there's this problem, this problem. It's like, no, do it anyway. You know, and that's, that's the biggest thing, I think. Like I said, it's just, it, there's so many times that people are like, oh, you can't do that because of this. You can't do that because of this. Um, Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can. I'm going to do it anyway. So, yeah. All right. Well, it's been great talking to you. Um, hopefully, like I said, I will run into you at one of the races here soon. I hope. Somewhere, maybe. Uh, hopefully. Yeah. So, um, Part of the extended family between my OM family and my More Hearts family. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, and that's the thing is, it's one of those things I keep telling people. I mean, it, it's I've definitely learned about the the chosen family yes and more heart than scars is definitely my chosen family so all right well thank you for talking to me julie um yeah. and like i said hopefully i'll see you see you at a race soon sounds good all right bye bye thanks for listening to the beast net podcast if you haven't done it yet find us on facebook like and share the podcast give us a review on itunes or spotify 
All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear.
Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. Yeah.